Welcome to Chariots of Flowers. My name is Coralie, and today I'll be musing about Ole Lokoi, also known as the Danish Sandman. So, a couple episodes ago, I was exploring the Oniri, also known as the dream deities of Greek mythology. And to just kind of quickly summarize it up for you, the Oniri are the children of Somnus, the god of sleep, and there are about a thousand children who are each responsible for the manipulation and creation of certain elements of dreams, including the people, animals, and landscape. And I was just kind of looking to what that looks like, who they are, and specifically focusing a little bit more on Morpheus, um, who was supposed to be the best human impersonator and human shapeshifter uh, there was amongst the children of sleep. And at the end of that episode, I did mention that I was going to do more research on the Oniti and dream deities in general. Um, I thought that I was going to look more into things on the Greek mythology side of things, but then I realized along the way that there are also dream entities in other cultures. So I kind of just decided to do a quick little um, route adjustment and kind of look into those stories. And I discovered a little story from Hans Christian Andersen. This was the same person who wrote Little Mermaid uh, titled Ole Lokoi, um, which is basically his version of the Sandman. So that's what I'll be focusing on today. So I think before we kind of look into things from a deity point of view, I think it's important that we establish who Ole Lokoi is, or at least who this version from Hans Christian Andersen's point of view is. So Ole Lokoi is supposed to be a very benevolent, gentle sleep and dream entity. Just as as a little uh, language and etymology lesson, because we all know how much I love those. Um, Ole Lokoi is basically a first and last name, Ole being the first name, Lokoi being the surname. Uh, Ole is, it's basically like a common masculine Danish name. Uh, The definition of the name, when I quickly googled it, refer to like ancestors relic, which is going to make sense in a few minutes. And then lokoi uh, refers to close eye. And I kind of want you to remember that part, especially because it's going to, again, it's going to be a big deal a few minutes down the road. So Ole Lokoi is this gentle creature who, uh, We don't know if he looks like a human or if he looks like um, a fairy or an animal. That's not really established in the story. Um, He's described to have been wearing like a silken coat that can vary in color. 
and he also holds like two umbrellas in each of his hand, one with pictures underneath and one with no pictures underneath. And that's about it. Like, it's funny because when I was kind of picturing Ole Lokoi in my head, I immediately thought about Paddington Bear. And I think it's mostly just like the coat, but there's such an emphasis um, in how gentle and sweet he is with the kids and how much Ole Lokoi as an entity loves children that I highly doubt that this is a menacing looking creature. I don't know if he's supposed to look like a child. I'd imagine that this, if he did take human form, that it would look like a child or at least an older, a slightly older looking child that would kind of inspire the kids to cooperate with him at least a little bit. Maybe not like Peter Pan, but like a little sweeter than Peter Pan. Peter Pan's kind of a punk in my opinion. But yeah, just like a very sweet, gentle, Paddington bear adjacent figure. And uh, what he does is that every night before uh, kids are meant to go to bed, he kind of blows sand or what Hans Christian Andersen describes as dust. Um, but in a lot of European folktales in general that kind of uh, believes in the idea of a Sandman, usually it refers to dust and sand usually mean the same thing. So uh, yeah, Ole Lokoi blows sand, just like a little bit of sand into uh, the eyes of the kids just to induce their eyes to close like and just have them shut. And then he'll kind of blow a little bit more sand onto their necks to kind of induce them to like really fall asleep and to kind of enter a deep sleep. And then Ole Lokoi takes um, his, one of his umbrellas and if a kid was uh, well behaved that day, he'll kind of open up the umbrella of the pictures underneath so that way um, he can tell them stories and induce very vivid, pleasant dreams. And then if a kid was naughty that, that day, he would open up the umbrella with no images in them at all and to punish the kid, the kid wouldn't dream of anything. Which honestly, in my opinion, compared to other uh, stories that kind of emphasize uh, the importance of being well-behaved and not being naughty, does not feel like a punishment at all. You know, like in other stories, like kids like actually die or get abused or get kidnapped and just have like really, really awful dark things happen to them are very morally questionable. Like, it's really, like, a lot of stories involving um, the importance of kids being well-behaved is usually a lot more macabre. But this, to me, does not feel like a punishment. Maybe from if I was a lot younger and I kind of read that part, I would have been like, oh my god, no. But as a grown person, it doesn't really feel like a punishment at all. In fact, it's funny because when I read that moment, I was, I kind of like sat there for a hot second and I was like, is that why sometimes I just can't remember what I dreamt of? Did I misbehave that day? Maybe the Sandman visited me. I don't know why my mind like went there for a second, but it did, but I thought it was hilarious. But anyway, um, in the story, which is like a very short, sweet story that you can read pretty quickly or you can read to a person aloud really quickly. And it's pretty easy to understand and it's very wholesome, very sweet. 
And also there's a bunch of translations of it online. So it's very easy to find if you kind of want to read it. I highly encourage it. It's one of my favorite um, short stories um, that I've encountered recently. But in uh, this particular story, Hans Christian Andersen kind of, uh, kind of goes over like a week in the life of Ole Lokoi's adventures through the perspective of a child named ha- uh, Heilmar, um, who the Sandman visits each night. And each night they kind of either go through some adventure or a story and kind of um, learn something or find something fascinating and interesting to happen. And each uh, each bit of the story, each like little subsection is just kind of divided into each day of the week, Monday through Sunday in that particular order. So the first five bits of the story, um, basically uh, Monday through Friday, I... I don't want to like necessarily go too, too in depth just because we might like really go over time, but they really are, I would just, I would say the stuff of fairy tales and children's entertainment as we know it today. Um, the first night, um, there's like a whole garden growing in the kid's room and then, um, his handwritten letters and his school books and notebooks start talking to the Sandman. Um, in one other night, there's like, it rains so much that there's like a little, there's just enough of a flood going on outside that the Sandman and the boy kind of go on like a nice little rowboat ride throughout the city. And some of the animals kind of like notice and kind of like talk about it and why not. Um, another night, uh, the salmon kind of puts the kid through like a picture frame and they kind of go on like this nice little fun, fantastical land, which of course, as I was reading it, I couldn't help but think of the dreaming from Neil Gaiman's Sandman comics. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with, uh, the Sandman as either a comic show or a comic book or a TV show. The dreaming is sort of um, the realm that the protagonist, Dream of the Endless, uh, kind of lives and rules from, and that's where humans go to whenever they fall asleep, even in naps, um, to kind of explore their dreams or confront their nightmare nightmares and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, but yeah, very fantastical stuff. There's like two weddings that happen in the story one with like two mice who get married so like um the boy so the salmon has to like shrink the little boy into attending the wedding of the mice that live in the house and then there's another wedding involving um the Heilmar's sister's dolls so they go attend that wedding and there's like a whole thing about how um, the dolls are trying to determine where they go on a honeymoon and the uh, other animals and toys uh, that live in the house kind of have give their opinions as to um, where they should and shouldn't go for vacation spots and then the dolls kind of decide to kind of keep their honeymoon local. Very wholesome, cheerful things, nothing that can upset a child or even an adult. But here's where in the story it gets personally interesting for me. Um, 
studying what I'm currently studying. So in the Saturday section of the story, um, towards the end, there's a part in which um, Hyalmar is having a conversation with Ole Logoi and a portrait of the boy's great-grandfather um, kind of gets involved and decides to give his own opinion on the whole thing. And he kind of just like says something that kind of retracts uh, what the Santa has to say, which is he's basically kind of doubting a fantastical idea that the Santa kind of put forth to the kid. So then uh, Oleilokwai gives a very interesting response. I'm going to read a part of it that really kind of made me adjust my seat and pause for a second because, to be honest, I really didn't see that coming. So this is what um, he's saying to the great-grandfather. I thank you. You may be the head of the family, as no doubt you are, but I am older than you. I am an ancient heathen. The old Romans and Greeks named me the dream god. And of course, as soon as I kind of read that, I was like, huh, what? Wait, what? There's, what? And of course, I I honestly didn't, like, I knew, okay, there's Morpheus, the god of dreams and sleep, of course, that kind of became like a thing later on. And then there's um, the Sandman, but I never quite realized that people actually made a connection between the two up until I read that. And I was like, I didn't see that coming, but at the same time, that makes so much sense that it's kind of the same person, or at least if you look at things from like a writer's point of view, and let's say a mythological point of view, it's really the idea and the legacy and concept of a deity of dreaming and sleeping enduring up until now and kind of enduring and surviving all these years and really reincarnating um, through these stories. And of course, in the universe of the story, there is no reincarnation, right? Ole Lokoi is not a reincarnation of Morpheus or Somnus because Ole Lokoi, the Sandman himself is saying, is confirming that he is that dream god. Like there is no separation. It's the same person. It's just, it seems that in Danish, this is just what he's called, but it is Morpheus or Somnus or really Morpheus as we kind of established in episode three that later on, um, Morpheus kind of became known as both god of sleep and dreams, even though originally that was not the case. But this is Morpheus that we are dealing with in the story. Yeah, it's the same, it's the same person, different name, and uh, kind of going into the idea and acknowledging the idea that Morpheus is a shapeshifter, it kind of makes sense that Morpheus kind of takes the form of a gentle, benevolent figure that would not be daunting or intimidating for a child to interact with. So um, that was really personally exciting for me to see and explore. And one thing as like a quick side note that I really appreciated Hans Christian Andersen doing is really in looking, and when you look back at the quote and then you look back at the translation of uh, 
this name that Morpheus takes on in uh, the minds of Danish children is Ole, um, meaning which means ancestor's relic. And he's really kind of acknowledging his ancientness and antiquity in both his name and in addressing uh, the great grandfather as well. Because, you know, he's saying that, oh, I'm an ancient relic. I'm an ancient heathen. Like, yeah, he's been around for a while. So the name kind of foreshadows that or gives you that heads up before, you know, he kind of makes this reveal that, haha, tis I, Morpheus, aka the Sandman, because it's the same person. So uh, the next day on Sunday in the story, uh, Ole Lokoi is visiting Hyalmar uh, once again in his sleep, and Ole Lokoi, the Sandman, kind of decides to show him something. Of course, for reasons I'm about to divulge, this is safely far. This is not a dark story, so this is not about to be uh, potentially horrifying to listen to. But I think it's best if I just read it and then uh, delve into it. You know what that I like best to show you something, so I will show you my brother. He is also called Ole Lokoi, but he never visits anyone but once, and when he does come, he takes him away on his horse and tells stories as they ride along. He only knows two stories. One of these is so wonderfully beautiful that no one in the world can imagine anything at all like it. But the other is just as ugly and frightful, so that it would be impossible to describe it. Then Ole Lokoi lifted Hyalmar up to the window. There now, you can see my brother, the other Ole Lokoi. He is also called Deaf. So, when I saw that bit, once again, I paused. I was like, wait, what? That makes... And it's funny because I really, really kind of was really impressed by the fact that like how Hans Christian Andersen really, really kind of went into Greek mythology and really kind of borrowed the idea. In this particular scenario, Somnus, the god of sleep, and Thanatos, his twin brother, the god and personification of death, the original Grim Reaper, the original angel of death, the, really the embodiment of death greeting you as an old friend and kind of took them and uh, reincarnated them and made adjustments to be both child-friendly and culturally accessible for his audience. And again, it kind of reminds me of... Neil Gaiman's The Sandman, Dream of the Endless, and Death of the Endless, both being very close siblings. And of course, going back to the name translations uh, in, the be in the beginning of this episode, uh, both brothers' dreams, The Sandman, and Death, uh, both have the same name, Ole Lokoi, and Lokoi being closed eye. And it makes eerily so much sense but at the same time there's such a stark contrast because the sandman closes your eyes so that you may sleep and wake up death closes your eyes so that you never wake up you are dead but they both kind of escort you to this 
fantastical place that we don't seem to quite remember or will really quite know because either we're humans so we're not meant to kind of dwell in this dreaming place forever or in the case of death the afterlife if there is one but in the world of the story there is one you only find out once you get there or to quote William William Shakespeare's Hamlet the undiscovered country and obviously I would not be surprised if Neil Gaiman encountered the story he probably did given that it's this is a story about the Sandman and the name of the comics is the Sandman um probably looked into the story and kind of decided to um really let this story um influence uh, elements of his depiction of Dream of the Endless and Death of the Endless and even the dreaming in general and uh, Morpheus's use of sand and really also the idea that uh, Morpheus kind of having numerous names and having been around forever and ever and regardless of what you call him or how he may appear to you, you are essentially dealing with the same entity. And again, I think in um, Neil Gaiman's creation of Death of the Endless as a character, he also obviously borrowed from this story as well. And again, borrows from the idea of Death being a sibling of the Sandman, Death being an escort that kind of approaches people only once in their lives to take them away, and really kind of having um, this open acknowledgement of their relationship and how their abilities are very different but also very similar at the same time and I've really kind of as I was reading it and kind of realized that it does you do see the similarity in the Sandman comics it helped me it makes me kind of appreciate um, Neil Gaiman's creation of it even more so and it helps me even appreciate the original mythology um, of Somnus and Morpheus and the Onidi and Thanatos as entities even more so which then in turn helps me even appreciate um, Hans Christian Andersen's version of the Sandman even more because it's just these ideas reincarnating over and over again and really it just shows the legacy that our creative predecessors um, in ancient times came up with that still endures and influences our cultural and creative psyche up until now which I think is beautiful. There is another story that I did discover um, that pertains to dream entities and the Sandman um, this one it was written by E.T.A. Hoffman, which is the same person who came up with uh, The Nutcracker and the Mouse King, which became the basis for uh, the ballet, The Nutcracker, that everyone grows obsessed with and gets hyper fixated on every single December. But that's a story, literally, for another time. So that's what I'll be exploring next week. So there's that for today. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, this has been Chariots of Flowers, and I'll see you all next week.